Hello everyone and welcome to News Game Plus. Another fantastic week of video game news is in the books and we are here, we are present, and we are ready to accept it all into our minds and in our hearts. It is unprecedented the amount of news that has popped up in the first few days of this week. It is Wednesday, and we have a show full... We have more news today from the past three days than we have had in the combined two weeks of this podcast. It is unbelievable. So I figured I can't just let this news pass by untalked about... You guys want to hear what I have to say, and I want to tell you what I think, because there's a lot of interesting stuff that I'm fired up about, and I'm ready to talk about today on the show. Remember, you can always respond. Uh, go to Twitter, at SotoBoy456. Tell me what you're playing. Tell me what you think of the news. Tell me how I can improve this podcast, because here at News Game Plus, we are a conversation. We're not just a podcast. So we start with the news that came out today. Today is Wednesday, May 13th, and we are ready to go. There has been some news today, and I want to talk about the news that came out today, and then we'll kind of jump around, we'll go backwards, we'll go forwards, because there's just been a crazy, unprecedented amount of news, and I want to talk about it all. So, Rebecca Valentine at GameIndustry.biz, she goes into a little bit about what Epic Games is, and Epic Games is a lot of different things. Obviously, they are the developers of Fortnite, they are the creators of Unreal Engine, and they have a PC storefront called Epic Games. They have a lot of, they have their hands in a lot of different things. And the big news out of today is that Unreal Engine 5 was unveiled today in a demo, and the demo showed footage of play, of the engine playing on a PlayStation 5, which is pretty cool because we hadn't really seen PlayStation, any PlayStation 5 gameplay or action. So this was a cool little demo. If you watch the video online, it has been circulating. I think what you'll see is that this isn't a game that's going to come out. They specifically made that game in a vacuum. They made it for this presentation. After the what is now being called a tech demo was presented. There was an interview with Tim Sweeney, Kim Liberary, and Nick Penwharton, conducted by Jeff Keeley. Tim Sweeney is the CEO of Epic, and they talked about the future of gaming because they are probably going to have a big say and what the future of gaming is. Fortnite is incredibly popular. It is not only a competitive game, but it's also kind of, as they mentioned, kind of a social network. It's a way that people are communicating with each other, regardless of platform. And I think this was important that we got to hear from these gentlemen today. The demo, from what I recall, is a kind of a princess-like character. She's obviously a 
traveler, an explorer. She has a shawl on. She has a long cloth. And she is climbing. She's in this kind of cave, canyon-type area. And the the reason, it's all set up to show off what they want to talk about. So you see there's a point where rocks come falling down. There's a point, and then the light shines through a hole because you're in a cave, but then the light shines through, so you see how that reacts. And then there's points where you see the horizon. It is, it, first off, it looks incredible. But we do have to understand that this was created in a vacuum to kind of showcase this engine. And they're going to, you know, this is their engine. This, they want people to use their engine. They get a cut of every single game that uses this engine. And they're going to want to advertise it and make it look as perfect as possible. However, I think it will be a very, not a very long time, but I think it will be a long time until we see video games looking like this. Full 30 to 50 hour you know, or 20 to 50 hour video games looking that good the entire way through because it took them seven months just to make that demo. It took them from September to March. Obviously, a video game has a full team, but to make a game that looks that pretty in a short amount of time with developers dealing with crunch, it's probably not going to happen. I do want to pivot over to this. Jeff Keighley, is, he's hosting this whole summer Games Fest. He hosted the event today. It, he did a pretty good job. Afterwards, however, I saw something that he tweeted in response to a IGN article. Let me just pull it up here. And basically, the article is titled... You may need to lower your expectations for next-gen graphics. And it's done by Tom Marks over at IGN. So when this this article was done after the Xbox Series X event that we saw last week. So Jeff Keighley responds to this, week, to this tweet probably about four days ago. And it says, this article will likely not age well. So this was before this event that happened today. So obviously he knows he was probably preparing for it, preparing it, editing it, and getting ready for the event today. So he knew that, you know, he was going to be able to slam dunk on this guy. So then today he writes this after the uh, event, he writes, this article did not age well as like a retweet comment. And obviously, you're coming off. You he probably worked really hard on that presentation, and he's feeling good. So, and he's responding to all the haters, and it, it just didn't sit right with me. And it's kind of like you're Jeff Keeley. You organize the Summer Games Fest. You have you're in constant contact with all these game companies. Who, and you're trying to help them to make sure they get their message out. You are privy to information from game companies. And why do you feel the need to dunk on this IGN writer, Tom Marks? To me, it just seems quite unacceptable. A couple of years ago, Tom Marks 
He tweeted, boy, I wish people would actually read articles before commenting. And then today, after Jeff Keighley's uh, dunk, says this will never stop being relevant. If you read Tom Marks' article, he basically goes on to say that a lot of the games that will be shown throughout the rest of the year will not look like next generation games. They'll probably look like games that would appear on PS4 and Xbox One. A lot of changes will probably be made for how the game plays, how the game loads, faster loading loading times, no need to put you in an elevator to load up the next area. Jeff basically stated that he had a differing opinion and that he thinks that the jump from PS4 to PS5 or Xbox One to Xbox Series X will be bigger than the PS3 to PS4 or 360 to Xbox One generation. Tom goes on to state that, of course, the new games like Sony, so first-party Sony titles like the new Horizon game, will probably blow people away with how good they look. Of course they're going to look better. But also, it's a lot about the little things. Water simulation, improved lighting, hair effects, and dozens of other little things working in real time. It's going to be gorgeous, but in a more subtle way than we've come to expect. When you really think about it, they're kind of saying the same thing. The I found the demo that was shown, I thought it looked fantastic, but I didn't think it looked that much better than old games. In fact, I've encountered this a lot in a couple of games I've played in the past couple of years. Recently with Final Fantasy VII Remake and Jedi Fallen Order, there are a lot of little like uh, tunnels that you have to crouch down and kind of sneak through. And... Developers put this into their video games to slow you down so they can load the next area you're going to. Because if you went at normal speed, the area that you, uh, there comes a point where a certain area won't load in time, probably because it's too detailed or maybe there's just too many graphics in there. But in the demo we saw today, there was a moment where I was watching the Easy Ally stream and one of the guys pointed out, hey, because there's a point where the character goes through one of these little tunnels, or I think it's like a doorway, and she goes in between them, and it slows her down. And one of the guys said, hey, we're not supposed to be seeing this. This is one of the things that we're supposed to be getting rid of. Also, when it comes to this tech demo, it was it was like a big it was like a big combination of Uncharted and Jedi Fallen Order, and Tomb Raider. Just these games where there's a lot of climbing of rocks. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now, and I've seen the same climbing. I I think the demo was impressive, but it's a lot of things that I've seen before. Now, we have two different philosophies, kind of. Jeff Keighley wants to really promote next-gen because that's what a lot of these game developers are making, next-gen games. If he came out after this whole thing and was like, well, it was good, but, you know, you know, we've seen a couple, you know, if he says what I said, then that, he's not doing his job. He wants to promote next-gen as a big thing because he's, he's working with Sony. He's working with Xbox. These guys want to release next-gen systems. But it kind of begs the, the question... Why do we need these next-gen consoles? 
There was a report from Push Square this week that talked about how Assassin's Creed Valhalla, at a minimum, will be at 4K and 30 frames per second. And it's kind of like that's what we're getting with the consoles now. It's like, why do we need to upgrade? What like What's the point in upgrading if we're not going to get at least 60 frames on these systems? What's the point in upgrading to these systems if I still have to pass through these little tunnels or, you know, squish up against a wall and shimmy through in in my games? If What's the point of upgrading if that's still going to be in the game? Now, this could be probably a lot of nothing, and I actually kind of hate to start the show out this way, but to me, I just it just rubbed me the wrong way what Jeff Keighley did. He is he's supposed to be the best of our industry and I just don't think it was a good look. I'm sure he wants to promote next gen, he wants to promote the new systems, he wants to promote the new game engines, but where in the contract does it say, "Oh, also call out anyone else who uh doesn't like next gen or does, you know, says any It's not even like Tom said anything bad about next gen. He's just saying people have to lower their expectations because you're going to get burned every time. We saw this with the Xbox Series X presentation. People were not impressed by it. I think with all these events, we have to kind of manage our expectations. It's unfortunate, but not every single presentation is going to be a banger. We'll talk about this later, but at the Ubisoft event, we, you know, it might just be we're going to get what we expect. We're going to get Gods and Monsters. We're going to get Watch Dogs. We're going to get Assassin's Creed. We're, you know, we're going to get the next Rainbow Six game. But maybe that's it. And there's nothing else to really talk about after the event is over. But we have to manage our expectations. There's going to be so many events in the uh, throughout the summer. I watched in at the end of August. Keeley's hosting an event as part of Games Gamescom. I watched that last year and I was not impressed by it. So we have there's going to be a lot of events that are going to be duds. But don't worry, I'm going to watch all these events and I'll break them down for you. Okay. Moving on. Our next story is from Jonathan Dornbush over at IGN. He says Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two Remake announced for PS4, Xbox One. And PC, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is back as Activision has announced Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, a compilation remake of the first two Tony Hawk's Pro Pro Skater games developed by Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Studio Vicarious Visions, which has a long Vicarious Visions, which has a long history with the series. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 will be released for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via the Epic Games Store on September 4th, 2020, with pre-orders offering fans early access to a demo of the iconic warehouse level. The game is a remake compiling the first two games in the beloved Tony Hawk Pro Skater franchise, including all levels, even the secret ones. And IGN spoke with Vicarious Vision... Yeah, okay. So... I saw a video, Tim Gettys, of Kind of Funny Games. He was talking about it. He said that that the uh, soundtrack, it will have some songs from the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. And then what they're going to do is they're going to include some new songs from... Because that's kind of what the vibe of Tony Hawk Pro Skater is to have the old, but also bring in the new. Because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater helped promote... 
and get some of these bands' names out there that were in the original games. Also, it's hard with licensing to get all the different bands and all the different songs back to do it again. I know I have a few friends who are going to be super excited once they hear this. They grew up playing skateboarding games and they love the soundtrack and it's made by the guys who remake crash which is fantastic because they have done a great job on those games and vicarious vision visions had previously worked on the i guess handheld version for the game boy and the i guess i'm not sure if there was a ds version but they had worked with nintendo on previous handheld versions of tony hawk pro skater and and also listening to that video with where tim interviewed the um he had interviewed the developers and they said that one of the things they focused on with this remake was to get the feel of what Tony Hawk Pro Skater of what the feel of what those games were when they were at their best. So if you're a fan of these games, they're coming out on September 4th for all the systems, except for the Switch. Might come later, not sure. But super exciting. And this was a nice, neat little surprise that we got on Tuesday as a part of Summer Games Fest. Our next story comes from the PlayStation blog, Sid Schumann, Senior Director of Sony Interactive Entertainment Content Communications. He says, hey folks, just a quick little note that we're finalizing a special episode of uh, State of Play airing this Thursday, May 14th, which would be tomorrow uh, if you're hearing this the night of today, if you're hearing it on the day it comes out. Thursday, May 14th at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube. The episode will be focused entirely on Ghost of Tsushima coming to PS4 July 17th. You'll get an extended look at new gameplay footage, including exploration, combat, and more. The current cut is clocking in at around 18 minutes, give or take. And just to be clear, there won't be any PS5 news or updates in this episode. Just a big look at Sucker Punch's PS4 open world epic. A lot of people have complained about Ghost of Tsushima and kind of worried about it. We hadn't heard a lot about it. Sony might be sending it out to die, having it come out just a month after The Last of Us Part 2. Ideally, in my in my world, I would have had Ghost of Tsushima come out before Last of Us Part 2 and separate those two by at least a few months because once The Last of Us hits... Last of Us Part 2 hits, it might, you know, we're, we might be talking about that game for the rest of the year. You know, we might be playing the PS5 being like, when's The Last of Us Part 2 coming on our system? So this is good for this game. It's a deep dive. Personally, I'm on Blackout. I love the Sucker Punch games. I love Sly Cooper. I love Infamous. I'm not going to be looking at this. I don't want, I, I just want to experience it firsthand. I'm positive Sucker Punch will make a, a great game here. I'm not. Wor- I'm not. I haven't felt worry or anything like that. I'm. I. You know. They're just staying quiet, staying humble, focusing on the game. I. I'm excited. I want to play. The, I can't wait to play this game. Uh, but 
I'm not going to watch it, but what I will do is I'll probably watch a video or I'll look at a news article, and this way I can get you guys the information that you need to know about this game. On to our next news story. This comes from UploadVR.com. Ian Hamilton has the story, and he says PSVR exclusive Iron Man VR launches on July 3rd. After multiple delays, Sony Interactive Entertainment updated its release date for Iron Man VR to July 3rd. In January, the game was delayed into May, and then COVID-19-related issues saw the game pushed indefinitely as Sony PlayStation and other game platforms saw a cascade of effects from the pandemic, including changes to quality assurance testing processes. Iron Man VR is a major PSVR exclusive, and perhaps one of the last before the arrival of PS5. The upcoming console is compatible with the current PSVR headset, and most P- PS4 games are expected to run on the new system. We're not expecting a new PSVR anytime soon, however, so we'll be curious to see how Iron Man VR holds up on the new console with the original headset. The the situation surrounding COVID-19 continues to evolve, so we're curious to see if PlayStation 5 is able to keep to a 2020 launch, and if Sony is able to pull it off, whether there will be enough of the systems available to meet demand. Iron Man VR, of course, puts you in the role of Tony Stark with innovative features that see the game giving you some freedom of movement, not found in other PSVR titles. You can see some of the 360 gameplay in our video here. Obviously, this is an exciting title for PSVR. It is is exclusive to PSVR. And this might be the last big hurrah for PSVR. It is unclear on whether or not Sony will release a PSVR 2. It is clear that they are working on it, but we are not sure if it will come to market. I think the PSVR needs an upgrade. I feel like it has the games, but it's just the quality of life things that I think an update to the system itself would... I think it's what it really needs. It really needs an update, and I think it could truly compete with... The other headsets because I feel Half-Life Alex came out, but I feel like Sony could work a deal to get Half-Life Alex. I think that should be the headliner for PSVR 2. I'm sure right now Valve is looking at Half-Life, v- uh, Half-Life Alex, and they're looking at it and they're seeing this game that got perfect scores, 10 out of 10. A return to the franchise, this fantastic game, there was no buzz around it, the game has not sold well, and mostly because it's a VR game, and Valve could take the hit, but what if you put it on the PSVR unit, I mean, what if you put it on the VR unit with the highest amount of people who own the system? Personally, I don't think you would be able to keep PSVR on the shelves if you put Half-Life Alex along with it. Actually, I think I believe that they will. Pro- it's just a prediction. I believe that they will release Iron Man VR with a bundle that will come with a camera, will come with the Move controllers, and then Iron Man VR will be bundled in. 
And then for PSVR 2, I think the Half-Life, Half-Life Alex will probably be the headliner there. Plus the PS5, you know, with the power of the PS5, we were able to get Half-Life Alex running on PSVR 2. So exciting stuff for VR fans. I'm hoping to set up my PSVR, get going on some VR games so that I'm all ready for this game in July. But I've got a lot of games to play between now and then. So we'll see what happens. I like this next story. It comes from, I picked Eurogamer for the article. It is done by Tom Phillips. And this uh, story was developing over about a couple of hours. So I'm going to start with the original and then I'll do the updates. So first off, the headline is the Mafia series is getting a trilogy re-release. So at 3 o'clock, 2K's trilogy of Mafia games are getting a re-release via a package called fittingly Mafia Trilogy. Today's brief teaser doesn't tell us much other than the trilogy's new platforms. PC via Steam and the Epic Game Store, PS4, PS4 Xbox One, and Stadia. And to expect more, te- more details next week on Tuesday, the 19th of May. But it fits with Mafia 2's recent reappearance on rating boards around the world, suggesting it was set for an immediate re-release on current consoles. After two years of silence, 2K's Twitter account sprung back into life at the weekend, blurting the word family, just in time for Mother's Day in the United States. The original Mafia, released in 2002 for PC, PS2, and the original Xbox, it was another eight years until Mafia 2 arrived for PC, PS3, and 360 in 2010. Mafia 3, meanwhile, turned up in 2016. Little links each each game, little links each game, because each game was developed by different teams with their own setting and characters. There's no word. Uh, okay, so we'll update the story a little bit later. And it says, While we should have been waiting until next week to hear more of 2K's Mafia Trilogy plans, Microsoft has just posted details of its first entry, a lavish-looking remake of the first Mafia game, onto its own storefront. The impressive-looking new version of the game is named Mafia Definitive Edition and is listed for release on the 27th of August. Mafia 3 developer Hangar 13 is down as its developer. Part 1 of the Mafia crime saga in the 1930s Los Haven, Illinois, remade from the ground up, rise through the ranks of the Mafia during the Prohibition era of organized crime. Its, its description reads, After a run-in with the mob, cab driver Tommy Angelo is thrust into a deadly underworld. Initially uneasy after about falling in with the Saliri crime family, Tommy soon finds out that the rewards are too big to ignore. And then it shows some screenshots. And then here's another update. It says it looks like Mafia 2's new version will arrive as soon as next week. Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, whose upgrade looks less striking than the coming than the one coming to Mafia 1. Well, that comes out in August. It will feature all the DLC content and is described as a remaster rather than a remake. And that is set for launch next week, May 19th. And that is when we will find out here from the horse's mouth, as it were. Pretty exciting stuff. 
There had been rumors of Hangar 13 when they were done with Mafia 3 that they were working on another Mafia game, which surprised many because Mafia 3 didn't do well critically, nor did it do well financially. So there was a little bit of bewilderment at why the studio would go ahead and make another Mafia game. But I'm excited for the direction that they decided to go in with remaking the first one instead of making a brand new one. And then remastering Mafia 2, which is one of those another one of those great PS3 360 games that hasn't been remastered and brought over to the PS4 and Xbox One. So this looks to be a really cool collection. I'm unsure which one I should play first because technically this Mafia 1, it's a remake of the original, so and it but it would seem because the games don't really have anything to do with each other, they they each take place in their own separate uh in different times throughout history. So maybe I should play Mafia 2 remastered, then play Mafia 3, and then when Mafia 1 comes out in August, then I'll play that because it'd be the same as like playing a new game. Or if just play them in order, even though the order really doesn't matter. I don't know. I might be too busy with playing other games to play it now. Also, I already have Mafia 3, so I don't I won't have to buy that one. But I, I'm sure there's a way to buy just the one like uh, they're coming at a different time. So obviously I could buy one and not the other. So we will see. I definitely plan on checking out at least Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 in the near future. This next one is a big one. We got Johnny Dornbush again from IGN. And he says, Ubisoft announces Ubisoft Forward digital event for July. Ubisoft is the latest major gaming publisher or developer to announce a digital E3 replacement for its usual press conference with the company confirming Ubisoft Forward for July. On July 12th, Ubisoft Forward will include a fully digital showcase with exclusive game news, reveals, and more. Ubisoft did not list any games for the event as part of the initial announcement, but it already has quite a few revealed games that could be highlighted. There's of course the most recently revealed Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is confirmed for PS5 and Xbox Series X release, as well as the current-gen hardware and PC. There's also a trio of confirmed Ubisoft games, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Watch Dogs Legion, all of which were delayed from their early 2020 planned release dates to accommodate next-gen launches as well. Ubisoft also has several long gestating games that could be in the spotlight, including Beyond Good and Evil 2 and Skull and Bones. Whatever games may be shown at the event, which presumably, given its name, is looking forward at games to come. The company did confirm earlier this year that it has five AAA games set to launch between the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. Ubisoft is one of many in the gaming industry to announce summer digital events in light of E3 2020's cancellation. Of course, IGM will be hosting its own summer of gaming event. EA will be conducting a digital E3 play event in June. And Jeff Keighley also has Summer Games Fest, which includes news and events from various publishers. So if we look at Ubisoft, we have five major AAA games 
that are coming out between the end of this year and the beginning of next. One of those, I think we might have talked about this, but I just want to reiterate it because this news came out, and I probably won't talk about it again until the Ubisoft event. But we do have, we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we have Gods and Monsters, which is the game I am most looking forward to, Watch Dogs Legion, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. But that leaves one game that is coming out before the end of the fiscal year 2021, which is March 30th. And that game, I am, will, it will probably be revealed because it said this event will include reveals. So it will probably be revealed at this event or it will be confirmed that either Skull and Bones or... Beyond Good and Evil 2 are that fifth game. Also, we could see a reveal of a Far Cry game, and maybe that is the fifth game. Whether it would be a spin-off title or a brand new game, or like a Far Cry Primal situation where it's called Far Cry, but it's not Far Cry 6, it's like Far Cry something else, and it's made from a different studio or something like that, we could see that. We might see... Might see a remaster of Good Beyond Good and Evil, the first one. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, we might see this, you know, we might see some things we don't know about. Of course, Splinter Cell. The thing with Splinter Cell, I, I played a little bit of the first one. Splinter Cell is a stealth game, and then just applying... I, it's hard, because, like, Assassin's Creed is like kind of like a stealth game, but Assassin's Creed involves... After playing Origins, it involves so much action that it's not really a stealth game. Splinter Cell is, like, truly a stealth game, and I, I just don't... It just doesn't fit, like, what a Ubisoft game is at this moment in time. Not that that won't change. It might be something different in the future... But, like, a Ubisoft game is, you know, open world, do whatever you want, you know, you buy whatever weapons you want, but, you know, explore whatever world you're in, go unlock the watchtowers, go unlock the synchronization points, you can unlock the map, then you have a little dots plant, you know, various icons planted throughout that area, you gotta go to each icon, you gotta do the quest or do the little thing, like, that's what a Ubisoft down to its basic point that's what a ubisoft game is and that's kind of what i hope i don't see with gods and monsters but if gods and monsters has like an interesting world you know i can put up with that stuff but that but that's not what splinter cell is and that's why i just don't think they're working on splinter cell the other thing with splinter cell is that it is a very beloved ubisoft franchise and I, from what I've heard, it just doesn't seem like the developers at the various studios, it just seems like they just don't have a lot of confidence in their ability to tackle that franchise and do it justice. That truly is one of the bigger reasons why I don't think we'll see Splinter Cell soon, but you know, Ubisoft could always surprise me. And I would like to see a new Splinter Cell because we did not get, get one this generation at all, and to get a next-gen one would be pretty cool that would probably be maybe after beyond good and evil 2 because that that game i really don't think that's going to come out for a little while even though it's been talked about for a very long time beyond good and evil 2 is such a you know herculean undertaking that i just don't 
think that they maybe when Beyond Good and Evil 2 is finished, then we'll see may, if maybe Ubisoft has the cojones to take on the next Splinter Cell. Then, of course, we could also see Ubisoft announce something with Nintendo. They could do a sequel to the uh, Mario Rabbids kind of strategy shooter game. That would be a pretty pretty good, uh, something good to reveal. That would be a lot of fun. Or Ubisoft worked with Nintendo for when they did Starlink, which was that space dogfighting type game. It actually came out on everything, but if you got the Nintendo Switch version, you got a replica of the R-Wing, and you got uh, Star Fox in the game, and that could lead to maybe Ubisoft just making a Star Fox game, because Nintendo can't seem to make a Star Fox game that's worth anything, or one a Star Fox game that's different from the original Star Fox because they just keep remaking the original Star Fox. So I I would love to see what Ubisoft would do with Star Fox, if they would do something cool to make the game fun or interesting. But I just don't know if Star Fox has the weight that it once did, and maybe the franchise deserves to die. I hate to say it, but maybe we just shouldn't have Star Fox games anymore. That ended on a relatively sad note. But I don't know if this one's going to make you much happier. We have the I'm on the Summer Game Fest website, and they're actually doing a pretty good job of keeping things updated. They have a lot of people are calling it like a glorified calendar, but we did see the the announcements that happened over the past couple days, which is cool. And you know what? If it is a calendar, fine. I, I feel that a lot of these uh, events are going to drown each other out. So having this org- this one website that is organized and together as a unit is, uh, I think it's fantastic because it, it, it could very much be a really crazy summer with events. So we have the event that was today. Uh, I'm just looking at May here. They have the State of Play for tomorrow for Ghost of Tsushima. In June, they have the Steam uh the steam steam game festival summer edition they have the cyberpunk event which is happening in june and they have ea play live which is happening in june and then we go to july and that's where they put ubisoft forward so the site updated they're they have one that's called tenocon 2020 not sure i guess that's digital streams updates warm warframe players on what's next okay and then in august they have the gamescom opening night live that was what i mentioned earlier uh that was kind of disappointing last year but never nevertheless however we do have something that is not on there that i want to talk about this comes from ign gorilla Co- collective huge indie game showcase announced for june the media indie exchange has announced gorilla collective a three-day event focused on indie developers and publishers taking place from June 6th to the 8th. It will make up a part of IGN's Summer of Gaming, Gaming Showcase. Produced alongside the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, hosted by Kind of Funny co-founder, ex-IGN lovely man, Greg Miller. The event will begin June 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. 
and promises news and announcements for every platform. So this is, a, a I guess, a collection of indie developers and publishers, and they are going to announce a lot of stuff from June 6th to the 8th. However, this isn't on the Summer Games Fest page, and this was announced on Monday. And this, this is kind of what we're talking about here, is that things could get really convoluted. This should be on here. It's apparently a part of the IGN Summer of game, Gaming event, but, like, we... You have not, we're getting to a point where you have too much, too many cooks in the kitchen. Everyone kind of has to rally together here so that we can create one message so that everyone understands where the events are, who's doing what. The problem with some of this stuff is that some of it is also like interviewing developers and stuff, you know, interviews with the different journalists. It's stuff that's not actually events where there's gameplay and there is companies talking to us about the products that are coming out, you know, in the next year or so. GameSpot, IGN, Summer Games Fest, y'all got to work together here to kind of, you know, this summer is crazy. This is unprecedented. It requires a lot of teamwork. And so far, we're dropping the ball. I, I can keep things straight in my head, but I don't think anyone else, not me, not to say I'm some kind of smart guy, but the casual gamer who wants to watch this stuff because they enjoy it, it's for them it's hard going to be hard to kind of keep this all in their head. And so far things have just been a mess. And I hope that... I've. If you follow the show, I'm going to do my best to help keep you updated and keep you up to date and make sure you understand everything that's going on. So, yeah. Another not fun news story. This one comes from Robert Ramsey of Push Square, who says Square Enix is supposedly ditching plans for digital E3-esque event. Unlike EA and Ubisoft with EA Play and Ubisoft Forward, it sounds like Square Enix won't be holding its own digital showcase to make up for the fact that there's no E3 this year. According to journalist Takahashi, Tak, 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 Takashi Mochizuki, the Japanese publisher has said that preparing for such an event has become difficult because of the ongoing coronavirus situation. As such, it plans on announcing new games individually when the time is right. It's fair to say that the aforementioned pandemic has impacted everyone in the, in the industry, some worse than, than others. Earlier in the year, Square Enix said it was weighing up its options with regards to a summer, summer showcase. But such an event seems very unlikely now. Hopefully, we learn more of the publisher's plans soon. What's interesting to me from this is that it says that it plans on announcing new games individually when the time is right. That seems exciting because that means that there are games that are coming from Square Enix that we don't know about as of right now. That seems pretty exciting. And we'll probably maybe we'll see them in kind of like the way that Tony Hawk Remaster One and Two was announced on Tuesday. Maybe we'll see it where you know Jeff Keighley goes on Twitter and says, okay, we got a, you know, we have a game announcement on Tuesday and, you know, and it's Square Enix and, you know, they're coming with a Chrono Trigger port for the PS4 or, 
you know, whatever other Square Enix games there are, you know, whether what other whatever random JRP or Japanese role playing game they have that they're going to announce. That'll be, you know, an announcement. The only thing with Square Enix is that they have Avengers, which is coming out in September. And then they also have Outriders, which is supposed to be a cross-gen game. That's kind of like a multi, like a three-person shooter type game. I haven't heard a lot from Outrider. I'll look into it as time goes on. But those are two games that are coming out this fall that we should be getting more information about if they if they are coming out this fall. There is a real possibility that Avengers might be pushed even further, pushed and delayed even further. Though it seems like it will be a Destiny type games as a service, so that they can update it continually so that even if it comes out in September and it launches horribly they can still update the game as time goes on so that game while it could be delayed because the game just needs more work or either way there seems to be a few problems that this game has had people are questioning whether it's fun the characters are very uncanny valley of the movies because they look just like the movie characters. So there's a lot of things. There's reason to believe that that game would be delayed. And of course we would want to know more information about this game. If it's coming out in the fall. So Square Enix is holding things close to the vest. It doesn't look like they're going to be announcing Final Fantasy 16. Whatever's next for Kingdom Hearts. The next Final Fantasy, part of Final Fantasy 7. So... I don't think we're, we're going to be hearing a lot from Square Enix, but I think we will hear about Avengers and Outriders as the year goes on. Our next article comes from Push Square. Sammy Barker says game industry will feel real impact of coronavirus next year. The game industry is booming right now as coronavirus is providing people with more opportunity to play than ever before. However, while the immediate slate of upcoming software seems largely ineffective, it is next year where we'll see the effects of the global pandemic. That's according to Xbox box Phil Spencer, and his insight is almost certain to apply to PlayStation as well. Games that we're targeting a year from now or beyond, there will be some impact, but they'll be able to react, he told Business Insider. Mocap is just something that's basically stopped. We're not going into Mocap Studios. If you had all your animation captured and you're doing touch-up in more individual art production and in areas like textures and other things, you're in a better position. If you're waiting for a lot of either large audio work when it's with symphonies and other things or mocap, you're held up right now. It's something that we hadn't really thought about. Most developers have tra transitioned to a work-from-home environment, but obviously it's impossible to shoot key performance capture when social distance distancing rules apply. This means that while the PlayStation 5 is still on track for release later this year, we could be faced with a software drought soon. Spencer, however, is positive about the industry as a whole. I'm pretty confident in the industry's ability to continue a steady flow of games coming out. There's just a lot of games in production across the industry right now. And I think we're going to be, as an industry, we're going to be fine. 
I'm bullish on what this means in the long run for games, even if there's a certain impact to a certain launch window for certain titles that we might see. So ends the article. I just want to read this tweet. I think it kind of ties into this article a little bit for what I'm going to say. It's from WB Games of Montreal. Uh, this studio is rumored to be making a Batman game, but there is no confirmation of that. All we have is rumors. It says, thank you very much for the enthusiasm. They tweeted this. They said, thank you very much for the enthusiasm for our, our next project. At this time, our channel will showcase the studio, who we are, and why we love making games. So stay tuned. Fans got a little frustrated with this tweet just because it is on the same Twitter account where they have teased different symbols that say like captured the night and redacted and it's all different logos that have to kind of deal with Batman. So fans were kind of upset by that. I just wanted to mention that, but I do want to tie it into this article because if there is a Batman game that we don't know about yet, Personally, I feel that it will not come out. That uh, it will not come out this year. Either it is announced this year, ho hopefully over the summer. My prediction is that WB will have an event. It will be a digital event. They were planning on having an E3 event, but E3 was canceled, so they couldn't do it. I believe they'll switch to a digital. How easy or you know hard that is, you know, we'll see. But they, I feel like they will do an event over the summer because if you have an event, chances are you got multiple games to show. I think they'll be on track. They'll have a digital event. They'll show us the games. They'll show us this Batman game. I think I believe the release date will be announced. It'll say that it's coming out in 2020. However, I don't feel that they will hit this date for whatever reason, whether it's COVID-19 or whatever the reason is. I just don't feel like they're just going to they're going to hit this date. I feel like it will be delayed into early next year. Don't ask me why I have this feeling. I don't know, I just have this feeling. The thing with this Batman game is that it's been such a long time since we've had a Batman game. If it comes uh yeah, as of right now, it uh, Batman Arkham Knight came out in June of 2015. So once we get out of June, it would have been five whole years since we've seen a Batman game. You don't think WB wants to make sure that that game is polished and in pristine condition? Especially, now this is a rumor that I've heard from a YouTuber named Nightwing01. And he is a big YouTuber. He's as big into Batman. That's what his main channel is all about. He also has a Let's Play channel. But whenever people have Batman news, whether it's toys, whether it's comics, whether it's movies, whether it's animated TV shows and video games, they tell him. They let him know about it. And I was watching a stream he did one night, and he was talking about how WB was planning on, whether this is true or not, they're planning on launching a universe of DC superhero games, and they would all be tied in. It would essentially exist in the same universe, similar to the Marvel movies. Whether they interact or not is yet to be seen, but they would have a few studios making a few different superhero games, and that this Batman game that WB Montreal is rumored to be making would be the game that kicks this whole universe off. So they want this Batman game 
to be polished because this is the they wanted they want this to hit like Iron Man did when the Marvel Universe started. This Batman game is going to be extremely important. So they're going to want to make sure that all the wheels are tightened and everything is perfect with this game. And they're going to take as much time as possible. And if we are going to see a drought, as this article states, wouldn't it be wise to maybe push this Batman game into next year, maybe push it into next summer, maybe push it into next spring so that we have, as an industry, have something to play around that time. This way it hits the maximum efficiency of gamers. I like, I like talking about these rumors. I think it's fun to talk about, but just take with what, what I'm saying with a grain of salt. A lot of this could be false a lot of this could be true. I'm sorry if, I, if, if I'm kind of spoiling things for you, if it does come true. But this, these are cool things that I'd like to talk about. The thing that could change, the tra- change my prediction would be if Marvel Avengers is delayed into next year. Because they are not going to want to release a Batman game around the time that a Marvel Avengers game is coming out. They don't want to they don't want to go they don't want to participate in that brawl. They don't want to go mano a mano against a Marvel's Avengers game. No matter how bad the game is. I don't think that game will be bad, but people are not don't have a lot of good things to say about Marvel's Avengers. But the problem is is that if Marvel Avengers is delayed into early 2020 and the Batman game is supposed to come out early 2020 then the Batman game's got to move again then WB is in this you know they're they're playing chicken to see who's which game is actually going to come out my hope is that my hope is that we get the Batman game probably in the fall maybe in October and November but I'm not sure I'm just saying I'm trying to think how people in the industry would think if I were making these decisions, just how would I think? How would I approach this? How easy is it to move game dates? Obviously, more you know, the fur the more time you have to polish things up, the better the game ends up being. But I don't know. Maybe WB hasn't had a hit in a long time, and they just want to get the game out this fall, and you know, new console coming out, so it'll be on everything or. You know, who knows? It might it may not come out on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Arkham Origins, when that came out, that came out in 2013. It came out in October. The consoles came out in November. Those Arkham Origins never came to PS4 or Xbox One. Now, I believe you can play it on Xbox One through backwards compatibility. But that's it. That's the only, you know, you can't play it. You have to, if you want to play Arkham Origins, you have to play it on a 360 or a PS3. So some interesting ideas to talk about today. I just want to wrap up with what I'm playing. I am currently playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I am enjoying it very much. It's a big open world. I'm going around. I'm completing quests. I'm getting... 
I'm upgrading my equipment. I got this cool sickle sword. I got a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow is the key to my heart. If you got a bow and arrow in your game, chances are I'm going to like it. I don't know what it is. Also, I have a sword. I have a sickle sword. I'm poisoning my opponents. I'm hunting tigers. and Not tigers. I'm, I'm hunting lions. I'm hunting hippos. I'm hunting crocodiles. I'm looking for loot and gold and... It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's also kind of like everything, the video game. It's, you know, you want to use a sword? We got a sword. You want to use an axe? We got an axe, you know. We got to you want to poison your opponents? You can poison we can poison your opponents. You want a upgrade tree? We got an upgrade tree. You want to craft? We got crafting, you know. You want an open world? We got an open world. We got a story, we got a you know, it's a little bit of everything, the video game. That's why people kind of like it. You want RPG elements? We got RPG elements, you know. But I'm enjoying it. My goal is to beat this game or hopefully platinum it. We'll see how long it takes. I want to platinum this game and then I want to jump into Odyssey at some point. I want to prepare for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which comes out in the fall. So I could probably wait on Odyssey. I do have to play Uncharted Golden Abyss and Uncharted 4. Because once I play those games, I will be all set for when uh, Last of Us Part 2 comes out. Because those are all the old Naughty Dog games. I want to play uh, Infamous First Light. Because that's that's a shorter game. That's like a little DLC from infamous uh first son second son it's infamous first light which is a small game from infamous second son i'm hoping to pl- i'll i'll be able to play that before ghost of tsushima comes out because that's sucker punch and then from there oh also even in between there i hope to play the psvr to get ready for iron man so I have a lot of different games that uh, I want to play. I'm in quarantine, so I have some time that I'm going to be able to play these games. So lucky for me, and I will be able to continue to provide you with the weekly gaming news that comes out. Right now, we have nothing planned for next week. We have the Ghost of Tsushima State of Play tomorrow. But you never know. Next week, something could pop up, you know, on Monday and then Tuesday. You know, here's an event. Here's another event. Here's another game reveal. Here's some news about the PS5. You never know. It could be any week right now where I pop on the podcast and I go, let's go. There's a Sony event. They're going to announce the PS5. It's going to be a two-hour show. We're showing games from all over the, you know, all over the place. Games we've never seen before, you know. One of these days. So just stay tuned. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope to continue to get better. I have some fumbling. I have some mistakes. I have some low confidence, but... We're pushing through here. I'm doing I'm doing my best, getting better. And I want to thank you for joining me on this wonderful journey right into the show at SodaBoy456. Let me know if you have any thoughts on 
video games in general, on the news. I want to know what you're playing, and I want to know what you think about the games that are coming out. I want to thank you for listening to me today, and game on! Game on!